Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sillwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the. That was a little more relaxed compared to yesterday when he was giving you the hurry up sign because uh, while Bill uh, Carlton was on the phone, uh, that was fun yesterday. Today is going to be uh, pretty cool as well on the VGK Insider Show. The start of rookie camp practice at City National Arena. The team has departed for San Jose and they will open up their three game schedule uh, in that rookie showcase tournament tomorrow against Arizona and we will not be on the air uh, tomorrow because we will give away to to that game. Brian McCormick will have the call. Uh, he'll be on the air 4 o'clock the game at 4.30 and then game 2 on Saturday afternoon, game 3 on Monday afternoon for the Vegas Golden Knights rookies who, I'm not going to lie to you guys, getting a chance to be in the ring today at City National Arena and watch that practice there was uh, some intensity, some speed, some electricity. It felt like uh, the real thing. It wasn't uh, anything like you were going to ease your way into it. Well, I don't think there's any easing into uh, a training camp. Maybe you know, maybe for the the veterans. But when you're talking about rookies, when you're talking about uh, being that that first level of of competition on the ice, I don't know that there's any easing in, especially for some of these young kids that are trying to make a, a really strong impression. Uh, you got to hit the ground running. Well, you you got to think too that uh, they're on the ice. You've got uh, Jamie Heward, uh, Freddie Brathwaite, uh, Joel Ward uh, out there, and they're doing uh, the coaching. But up top is the Vegas Golden Knights hockey operations staff, all the scouts, uh, the directors, uh, the general manager, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the president of uh, hockey operations, uh, George McPhee, all watching you in this practice. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't take the time to just uh, lollygag or get settled into any type of drill and rely on that. You have to make uh, every impression count because none of the players that we saw today have spots on the team. There, there's some hopefuls. There's a handful of guys who will play in the NHL this year, but out of the gate, they want to give themselves uh, as much uh, of a head start as possible, and that started with, with that practice. It was physical. At times, guys, it, it was it was fun. Uh, I know it wasn't open to the public, uh, due uh, in large part to the National Hockey League uh, media tour that's uh, taking place in Vegas uh, this weekend, and they have uh, City National uh, Lifeguard Arena all booked uh, for the networks to shoot their openings and uh, different content uh, providers uh, to to catch up, including me uh, with the Chirp Podcast. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit, but uh, people couldn't see it firsthand like you normally could, but. Take my word for it. Uh, it uh, it it was the practice of a team 
that's looking to bounce back in a big way. Lucas Cormier is going to join us uh, uh, in the next hour. He's one of those players, uh, turning professional, uh, coming off a star-studded uh, junior career. Uh, he's going to give us a call as soon as he lands in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's funny that that is kind of the, the mentality that permeates not just in terms of um, – you know the main club, but but the rookies, the the prospects, the the guys that are looking to make a name for themselves. I, I think that there's there's a real sense of from top to bottom within the organization that the goal is to be better than last year. The goal is to bring your best to camp, bring your best to every single practice and every single scrimmage, every single game. And, you know, it's good to see that that's not just on the the main club level, that it's permeating throughout the entire organization. Uh, A big group. A solid group that we'll see. Uh, there'll be different lineups uh, for all three games against Arizona, Los Angeles, and Anaheim, and those are the teams that they will face in that order on Friday, Saturday, and Monday, uh, taking two goaltenders in Isaiah Seville, and uh, Jesper Vickman uh, is uh, going to be there uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Remember a year ago uh, in Arizona, uh, Vegas – Got off to an 0-2 start in that game. And Manny Viveros talked to the players. Listen, uh, we're watching you individually. That's a big part about Mm -hmm. what uh, this process is. But this is an organization that prides itself on being competitive and winning. And going into that final game, uh, Manny was up front with the players. Like Vegas doesn't go 0-3 in these things. We we want to win. We want to be mm-hmm. able to uh, put forth uh, a, a solid effort and walk away with a W. And they went out there and they did that. I think that right. is also very uh, pertinent to this weekend, maybe even more so, because you don't have that carryover from a conference final or a third round this time uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. You're coming back from uh, a season in which you didn't make the playoffs. The attitude and the performance and really the the setting the stage starts right now yeah and it's it's funny because i remember you know winning is part of development right like it's not so much just going out there and getting the experience and going out there and just you know kind of having having a team go through the motions you want to teach winning you want to teach what it takes night in and night out and that starts with these rookie games so you know you go back to that that conversation from from Manny and and the expectation put on those rookies the last time and and I would I would expect that it's more so now like you said Darren I I do think that there's um, a level of expectation to go to this rookie tournament and have a good showing if you're the Golden Knights you want to put wins in the column it doesn't matter where or how you just want to have that feeling as you progress through camp and for the rookies they're first up to kind of set that positive example moving forward. How many players, I threw out four, how many players legitimately on this rookie roster that will head to San Jose could make an appearance in the National Hockey League this year? Yeah, so I I kind of have four that I'm, I'm very much clued in on, and I feel like there are four that make the most sense, so... Uh, I am curious to see if my four are the same as yours. Do you want to like reveal them one at a time, or do you just want me to throw my four at you? Yeah, yeah, one at a time. But uh, but go ahead. 
Okay, so the the one that I think has the most fanfare, the one that I think a lot of people expect to make an appearance at some point this year uh, is Brendan Brisson. That, that's a guy that I think if you start in the AHL and you really build a lot of confidence and you start to kind of dominate the way that people are expecting him to put the puck in the back of the net, Brendan Brisson is, is kind of the first guy that I gravitate toward that I think might have a chance. Yeah, he's the, he's the guy right now, the top prospect within the organization uh that that hasn't played in the national hockey league uh definitely and from a from a sizzle standpoint uh the talk of the one-timer and uh, the fact that you cannot give him a bad pass he's one of those guys that uh when you're doing a drill and you're doing those one-timers won't ask you Mm -hmm. to to put it right on the tee for him because he'll work on that i've watched that part i've been around players where they need it in a specific spot and they'll get mad Go, come on, give it to me. Yeah. Uh, you, you're never going to get it in the right spot in the game. And Brisson sees that uh, part of it. But uh, between the Olympics and his Michigan uh, uh, legacy and now turning pro at the end of last year and the ability to blend in at the American Hockey League level, uh, he's the the player that a lot of people have uh, uh, their eyes on, wondering whether he'll make the team out of camp. But I think mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, it's not necessarily a bad thing to, to get acclimatized. Yeah. Uh, the uh, We're going to see him at some point this year. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that too. I, I think that there's there's something to be said for being able to do the thing that is hardest to do in this game, and that's put the puck in the back of the net. And if that translates at the AHL level and he's able to put that uh, on on full display, then it's just a matter of time before he's up with the big club. Who else you have? All right, so number two is going to be the guy we're, we're going to speak to later on uh, today. It's Lucas Cormier. I, I think that, you know, when you look at the Golden Knights, we kind of had this conversation earlier in the week when, you know, Chris Chapman was throwing the jinx on everybody. Um, from a defensive point of view, there are two guys that I think are next men up. Lucas Cormier being number one in that there's an offensive upside to his game that I love. And you know what? I think that there's a real opportunity to put your best foot forward and provide yourself as potentially an option later on in the season should you need, should you be needed by this club. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. But he's a first-year professional, and he is uh, a guy that uh, plays a very difficult position at uh, at a younger age. There's exceptions to that rule, but uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he's a guy that, that that spends his year in the American Hockey League again, which isn't a bad uh, thing. Uh, with the ability to keep such a close eye on him and, and, and watch it, but uh, I didn't have him on my list. Uh, I would love to be wrong about that. But I didn't have him on my list. Who's on your list then? Uh, did you have Brisson on your list? I did. Uh, Brisson, uh, Morozov, uh, Ahak, I think we'll, we'll, we could see uh, this year, and Kagan Korzak. Uh, we could see. No. Yeah, I. Some of those guys have. have my my have final played. two. Yeah. Yeah, my final two are Kagan Korzak and Ivan Morozov as well. Yeah. Uh, Morozov is, just looks. He, he looks like a man, to be honest. Yeah, uh, out there, yeah. Uh, like like the body wise, uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive. And can can does it all come together? I I told you guys last week that that's the player that I'm going to watch just to 
fulfill my uh, my thinking and and what I can draw upon with him because I don't really have anything uh, other than stats and uh, and conversations with people. I haven't been able to watch him and and be able to bank an opinion on on being able to watch this player in person. So uh, I'm really excited to be able to uh, to take in these games this weekend with Brian McCormick calling them on Fox Sports Las Vegas and and get an idea of of what his game uh, level is at and where it could get to. Yeah, I I think that again, you know, watching him through development camp earlier on in the in the in the summer, there were parts of his game that I absolutely loved. There were moments where I think he stood out for all the right reasons, and you know, it's just an adjustment period for for a guy that's that's kind of coming over and, and playing, um, you know, North American hockey for the first time. Like I think that there's you know that's a natural thing, but I am very much excited to see Ivan Morozov on the ice in a game-type setting over the next couple of days. And then, you know, for me, uh, development camp was all about Caden Korzak. He he was leaps and bounds ab- above everyone on the ice, and, and you could see just how good he was. Uh, got a taste last year. I, I don't expect that to be the last taste that he gets. I, I do expect him to have some time up with the big club uh, this season. I'm going to pull a bit of an audible here, and uh, the guys are going to put on headsets. Uh, but uh, I've got the uh, the group from uh, At The Rink Podcast. Listen to uh, Dan Rosen adjust his headset. It's perfect. I potted you up because I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rookie when it comes to handling the controls at the same time. Uh, and you guys uh, will will certainly be able to gain an appreciation for that. That that good? And Sean Rourke, is that good? Yeah. All right. Don't be afraid to handle it yourself. I mean, I did. You'll be able to ju- jump in there. Dan was perfect. It's volume. Uh, the guys from uh, from NHL NHL.com are, are are with me here. They've been part of the NHL media tour along with our uh, fearless leader Bob Bender, uh, where all the stars from the National Hockey League are coming through, doing various interviews, shooting openings uh, for the networks. Uh, Jack Eichel will be here uh, tomorrow. We'll get a chance to talk to him. But uh, welcome, guys. Welcome to Vegas. Thanks. Yeah, love Vegas. Ryan Wallace is on the other end, uh, our co-host on uh, the VGK Insider Show. So he'll be the voice uh, that's coming out of nowhere. Uh, what do you guys? Um, what was your impression of today? The the people that you got a chance to talk to. Well, first of all, I'm going to have another voice in my head, so that's awesome. I need yeah. company. <laughs> it'll it'll balance everything out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, it's great. I think the thing that struck me the most, and I've done this for a number of years now, is how young mm-hmm. the stars are, right? We're bringing the stars in to, to promote them, and they're 22, 19, 23 years old. Like, we had Zach Rowensky, you were in the room, he's 20, what, 26? He's an old man. He's played 800 games in the NHL. How young the NHL is skewing now is just mind-boggling. Yeah, we just had Connor McDavid, too, and Connor was saying how... He he's walking around this media player media tour and and he feels like the an old, like an old guy, you know, and he's not, you know. And he was talking about how you know I've answered a lot of questions about you know the young generation coming into the league. He goes, I feel like I'm part of it, but he's not. No. <laughs> he's not. So <laughs> it, it's uh, it's interesting. And the other thing that struck me too, and you know, all the interviews we did and listening to the ones you did, Darren, is is when you get players talking about their personality, who they are, what they're about, what they do off the ice, interests that they have, um, and occasional thoughts on the game and what they like about the game. It's really interesting stuff. 
It's uh, really interesting. Ryan, you'll love this because uh, all three of us, uh, Dan, Sean, and, and myself, uh, and the people that we talked to, uh, the Michigan move yeah. kept coming up, right, uh, Dan? <laughs> it, it kept coming up, and we, we were asking, and, and Sean and I were asking the question, too, like, We've seen the Michigan move. Uh, you know, we even saw, you know, the Trevor Zegris alley-oop pass to Sonny Milano. We're like, what's next? What's mm-hmm. next, right? And and it was Connor actually just said it to us. He's just like, I don't know what's next. He goes, I used to think, you know, going between the legs was, you know, the, the big move. He goes, now you see it almost every other night. He said, but whatever's next, I'm sure Trevor Zegers is thinking of it. What do you think is next, Sean? Well, Zach gave it away a little bit. He, he said did. Trevor's working on a new lacrosse goal, right, but more on the rush. Right, it, it it seems to me it's going to be more in the air. Like mm-hmm. everything's been done on the ground. It's a new level of attack. It's something that goalies aren't used to. You know, right? Like mm-hmm. you, as a goalie, you're trained to do one thing to to go down and look for the puck down low. And now, if you're going to attack from up high, like that's a new point of attack, and it's something that everybody has to think about. And they talk a lot about, you know, what I'm also listening to these guys talk. They're all into it. You know, right. like they're they're all into it. They, some of them don't want to do it. Like some don't want to try it. And you know, you have like some of them who kind of bleed. You know, a little bit from the old school and a little bit from, they're they're mixed into the new school, but a little bit of the old school. But they all like it. They all want. They all like, it, like to see it. They want to try more of it. They want guys, even if they're not the ones that are trying, they want other guys to keep trying it and these young players to come into the league and keep doing it because it's fun. It's entertainment. And that's, that's a change in the last. It's huge Six, change. seven years, huge right? Huge change. Yeah. It's an enormous change. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Wallace uh, with us on the VGK Insider Show along with Dan Rosen and Sean Rourke. Yeah, I, the, the entertainment value to me is, is really the, the big shift, the big change, because you've, you've got young guys coming in the league. Sure, they want to win. Yes, they want to score goals, but they want to do it in an entertaining way. And, you know, it, it's, it's great for where the game's at right now that you've got players that are, are kind of raising the bar in that regard. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. I, I mean, I think you look at like the NBA and their signature moves, right? There's dunks and they happen organically within the game and they're talked about all the time. And and that's kind of what this is, right? The creativity that these players are allowed to show without fear of retribution or, you know, being told not to show their personalities. Like the creativeness. We had Rasmus Dahlin on early and he was talking about his coach, uh, Granado, Donnie Granado, and he was like... He lets us be free, and he lets us create, and he knows bad things are going to happen, and he's okay with it. And again, that's a change in the NHL. Players aren't being benched mm-hmm. for being creative anymore. Like, when I started covering hockey, I covered Alex Kovalev. He's one of the most creative players i ever seen. He was stapled to the bench regularly because he was playing outside of the team system. Now, go. You know why he was benched regularly? Because he's Dan, three minute shifts. Yeah, Dan probably knows that too. <laughs> too is the time that Keenan played him the whole period. But he, I was but, that game. but he thought he was being rewarded. Yeah. <laughs> it backfired <laughs> on him. I'm having a great game tonight. The coach keeps playing coach me. me. You were at that game. Yeah, I was at that game. Yeah, That's it was, awesome. it was crazy. Yeah, and you're right. After the game, he's like, "Oh, I, I think he, I think he really liked the way I played. <laughs> you know, I, I felt really good and." Keenan was so mad. Like he's like he's taking like three minute shifts. He's he's messing up the whole rotation. rotation. Yep. He's like Yeah, it went right over Alex's head. You know too, what what I think is is really important in all this is we've seen the, the, the entertainment factor go up and these players come in and do what they're capable of doing without the you know, the without the real consequences like that, you know. 
is that they also are able to take the criticism of mm. it, right? So you may get a coach or a TV personality or somebody who's going to rip them for trying something like this. You may get a player, your own teammate, who says, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying yeah. that? And they're so confident and so they believe in themselves so much that they don't care. Like, they'll take the criticism and they'll just brush it off and be like, it's not going to stop me from trying this. Yeah. Like, because you know what? When I score on it, it's going to be a goal up on the board, and everyone's going to go nuts for it, and you're and you're going to be one of them too. Uh, Dylan Larkin, to that point, uh, said today, I don't know whether you guys were in the room or not, but uh, talking about that great summer skate that they have yeah. in Michigan, he was he was sharing some of that with you guys. Like it is an uh, who's who of USA hockey in Michigan at the summer skate, and including the Hughes. And he said that the kids are so skilled, so great, but they're in these intense scrimmages, and Jack will go down and he'll try between the legs to score and he'll say can you just like just score normally because it's a really important game like, but you, you do get that that other side and well and that's the dylan's that's the not balance. that yeah that's the the, the balance but yeah. they the kids aren't afraid to to try anything you, you guys just talked to connor uh you talked to austin as well uh what an opportunity to be able to yeah. sit here uh, sean and be able to pick the brains of these superstars yeah and one of the things i asked connor was you know there's another connor coming now in the draft this year, Connor Bedard, who's mm. so similar to McDavid, right? Exceptional status, you know, star world juniors. They've been projecting him as number one for over a year. You know, Connor, what do you say to him? And he's like, he needs to know that he can play in the NHL. He's like, that was the key for me. Once I knew I could play against these guys. And it was funny because, again, it's the young guy versus the older guy. He said when he came into the league, he was nervous. And he didn't know if he could play with these guys, despite how good he was in Erie. Because we all thought he was a, yeah. it was a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Like, why would he ever be nervous? And he said Connor Bedard plays in there. It's very much like the the Plymouth game, the bio steal mm. in Toronto. And he said he was Connor Bedard was on a two-on-one against Kale McCarr and didn't pass, and he shot. He goes, and that's the difference right there. He's like that kid knows already that he can play in this league. He's going against one of the best defensemen. He wasn't shy. He didn't defer to the guy on his wing. He wasn't like, oh, i got to pass it to that guy. He's really good. He's like, he saw the shot and he took it. He goes, so he already knows. The other thing that Connor McDavid said, which I, we both laughed at, was, you know, I asked him about, and you can hear, you'll hear the interview on the NHL at the Ring podcast, but I asked him about, um, you know, just where has he seen the growth in himself since he's come into the league? And he talked about, that right like you know the the uh the feeling of being comfortable and understanding and believing that he can play and knowing he can play and just the uh, you know comfortable in doing what he did today you know just you know media stuff being comfortable being a captain and a leader and whatnot he's and he and he said it was probably like pulling teeth with me sometimes <laughs> I'm sitting there going it was <laughs> And I looked over at you, and you had a dentist outfit on. <laughs> but he actually used the word awkward. Yeah, yeah. he said he was like, awkward. And you're, you're looking at him, and you're like, you're Connor McDavid. Like, you're the most unawkward person in the world. Like, hundreds of thousands of kids want to grow up to be you. And he's like, I, I But he was protective, right? Yeah. yeah he I was guarded. Like, he really was. Yeah. yeah. I felt awkward, and, and I, he felt like he didn't belong which is just mm. shocking. And you kind of realize no matter how good somebody is, they feel the same way 
you do at times, right? There's mm-hmm. there's a time in everybody's life when you're like, I don't belong here. You talking to me directly right now, Sean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, almost, that's, yeah. that's almost every <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Very awkward. One or two places. Yeah. But no, I, I mean it's amazing, right? Because you put all these players who are so skilled on a on a pedestal, and you forget that they're humans. And and that's the great part about today and tomorrow is you get to be human with these players. There's no game result to deal with. There's no five-game yeah. losing streak. There's no playoff talk. Like It's just clean and calm, and you can be human with them, and they'll be human back with you. I, I thought, personally, the best interview of the whole day was the one you had with Vasilevsky. It blew me away, the personality that he showed, his ability to talk about, and, and the left-hand, right-hand thing. Just Bizarre, right? But Unbelievable. But I thought that was – I've never seen him – that loquacious, that mm. open about who he was. I like joking with the guys that will text after. Yeah, that was great. And they're, they're like, yeah, yeah, well, you've got my number. Uh, there's no chance any of them are texting me. <laughs> but but I try and pretend I'm a cool guy for a little bit. Uh, it's Sean Rourke and uh, Dan Rosen from At The Rink Podcast to NHL.com. Uh, they get great guests every single week, thanks to producer Bob Bender, uh, who is also in the room right now. Uh, so check it out. It's one of the great podcasts with uh, reach and information that you will find about the National Hockey League. And they will be here uh, for the next couple of days uh, hanging out and getting some information with its NHL media tour, right? Yeah, you know, you guys kind of touched on it, but the relaxed nature of, of doing this prior to the season and, and how much more you're able to kind of get out of some of these players from just a, a relaxed point of view and, and, and a human point of view. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, you, you kind of related that story about Vasilevsky, but what are some of the other um, moments of humanity you've, you've been able to pick from some of the players over the course of today? Austin Matthews talking about his tennis game. I thought it was really interesting. You know, I, we I could have listened pro- to that all day. Yeah, we did probably twelve minutes with Austin Matthews. I would say eight of it was on his tennis game. Yeah, and oh, nice. But it, but it was interesting. Like, like it, he's it, right into it. Yeah, very into it. Uh, but it, but it was really interesting to hear him talk about basically learning a new sport. Like he's learning it. He he said he takes lessons and he and he does it. And then Sean asked him maybe the best question that we could ask him. of all time. Yeah, I love I love the question. It, what, what was it? It was. It was. Uh, isn't it good to not be good at something or yeah. something? Right? Yeah. Isn't, doesn't it feel <laughs> is, good is, to is not be fun? good at something? Is it fun to not? Be is it fun to not be good at something? And he gave a great answer. You know, because he's good. We see what he. We see these, all of these guys, but him in particular. I mean, he just scored sixty goals. Like he's the best. He, he, we could talk Alex Ovechkin if we want, but right now in the game, uh, you know, Austin Matthews, the last two years, is the best goal scorer in the game. Well, he walks in, he's got the slick yeah. hair, yeah. he's got the beautiful suit, uh, he's the best in the world, yeah. and he's talking to you guys about learning how to take learning, ground strokes. Learning how to take, yeah, ground strokes. And yeah. he says his serve is the best part of his game. And yeah. Oh, by the way, he's going to play a tennis match right now with Roman Yossi and a few others. Really? Yeah. Right after this, Roman Yossi was telling me they're going to play tennis. We could sell tickets to that thing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the best was he, he said last year when he started, he's like, we'd celebrate getting the ball over the net. Yeah. And now we're celebrating these huge rallies. He plays a lot with Alex Kerfoot, who's the best player on uh, on, the, on the Maple Leafs when it comes to playing tennis. Um, but he's like, now we celebrate these wild points. Again, no different from me and you if we went out to play yeah. tennis. I, I mean, it'd be a complete gong show. But at some point, we might go back and forth <laughs> across the net five times and we would party like we were rock stars. I'm just trying to keep it in the big fence <laughs> inside the enclosure. <laughs> Never mind get it over the net. <laughs> and uh, and he was like uh, along that line. Uh, 
There's one other interview that I want to make sure that we uh, acknowledge because people have to listen uh, and follow at the rink uh, for the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, because uh, there's a couple of episodes uh, with these guys that are just sensational. But the Jacob Truba Mm -hmm. discussion and the discovery, Sean, that you got out of this with his hobby. Yeah, well, he has so many. One of the things we asked everybody was, you know, what what do they do that makes them do them? You know, what do they enjoy doing the, during the off season? And Jacob Trooper decided this summer that he was going to learn to paint. Mm-hmm. And he had a friend who owned a studio in Brooklyn, and he spent some time with him, and he made a beautiful painting uh, for his wife, and he he put together all her favorite things. Ruins it for yeah. all other guys. Yeah. Every, yeah. every every man listening to this right now is ruined. Yeah, yeah. By we, what we have no chance. Yeah, we I, have no chance. I was crestfallen. I'm like, I thought I was okay, and I, I'm so not okay. Yeah. Um, so my wife's banned from listening. She can't listen <laughs> to that episode. Well, I'm going to delete it off the computer. Um, but he it hasn't hung in the house yet, so he won't publicize it. But we we got a little sneak peek. But he's amazing. I mean, his. his his journey to be captain of the New York Rangers, talking about how he plays golf in New York and he, he forces himself to play with people he doesn't know, uses his network. He, he, he's playing with CEOs and picking their brains about leadership, you know, other, other athletes, whoever it might be. Like, he's been preparing to be captain of the New York Rangers for five years now. Mm-hmm. Like, just basically doing like a master's on his own. It in, sounded into, like that. Into leadership. Yeah. And, and I, I was... I was blown away. I didn't know that much about Jacob Truba, and, and I want to go play for him now. He talked about how he has been and said the one name he mentioned, I think his name is Peter Cunio, who um, was a CEO at Marvel. And he's oh, one, yeah. yeah. And he's one of the the ranked one of like the top 10 best turnaround CEOs. So takes over a company that's struggling and turns it around and, and Truba said he's, you know, Jacob said he's talked to a bunch of these guys, you know, people in, in that type of line of work about what they've done, how they've done their leadership. And, and it was really, really fascinating to hear. And the other fascinating part with Jacob Truba is his wife, Kelly, is going through her, her residency yeah. at Lenox Hill Hospital mm-hmm. in New York. So, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of hockey players, they'll they'll get home and, you know, the family is there and whatnot and, you know. They're like ships passing in the night because mm-hmm. he's practicing in the morning. You know, if he has a practice day, it's a it's a morning practice into the afternoon. He gets home, boom, she's leaving to go do an overnight shift. Yeah. You know, and and it's she, you know the it's way it's tough talk- for him to complain about his day, right? When exactly. she's going, to. yeah, you know. And he talked about you know, you know she. You know, she's been in the room when a heart, when a person's heart has stopped, and she's been alone in the room, and it's you know like, and we talk about like back checking. Mm-hmm. And and the struggles there. Yeah, no no turnovers <laughs> at the blue line. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's different. A little bit different. But I got to tell you, maybe the most human moment, and I think you had already left, is we got Roman Yossi. In. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions I asked everybody is, we're in Vegas. We're going to have a talent show with all NHL players. What's your hidden talent that you're going to put on display? A couple of guys answered. I think Hurdle said it. Thomas Hurdle said he'd be a comedian. Somebody else said they would dance. Roman Yossi said that he would beatbox really and then he did it for then us. he did it really he did it on we the were, air on on the podcast he de- he beatboxed yep wow yep and then what? i asked Connor mcdavid to beatbox and he wouldn't do it 
but you know. <laughs> well, baby steps, okay? <laughs> baby steps. We get past the dentist thing, and we beatboxing was, is down the. Like, great no, that Roman could do it. He did it. That's amazing. He did it. Uh, yeah. Stick around at the end of this segment, and uh, we got about uh, two minutes, three minutes left. Uh, uh, I want to get when that episode or when the episodes might come out. Uh, so Bob's going to think about that for a second. I'm going to put some pressure on him to tell us when get some of these episodes. Right yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys are in town. Be remiss not to get just thoughts on the Golden Knights uh, and where they are going this year coming off uh, the injury-plagued uh, ravaged season in which they missed the playoffs. Well, I think it's going to be a super interesting year, right? This is the first year when they're not considered a favorite, mm-hmm. right? they got to figure out their goaltender. Can Logan Thompson do it? You know, players coming back from being hurt. I know Mark Stone said today he'd be ready for the start of the regular season. Training camp's still a little up in the air. But, you know, we, we talked to Ladd today, and he talked a lot about coming back from his injuries and how it's still, even after he was ready, it took months before he Lee. felt normal. Yeah, Anders yeah. Lee, yeah. I mean, sorry, yeah. Anders Lee. And, um, you know, so just because he says he's climbed the mountain doesn't mean on day one he's going right. to point a game player again. So, you know, new coach, I, I think it's really interesting, like, what they're going to do. I, I think there's a real question about whether they make mm-hmm. the playoffs or not, right? Like, you have the – I have them as a playoff team, yeah, not just because of my paycheck, but I yeah. do have them as a playoff team. Uh, maybe not the slam dunk first place, right. obviously, as yeah. we've seen in the past. So, so I – like I love, I love Butch as a coach. Mm-hmm. I think he's a terrific coach, and he's handled a, a lot of different things in Boston, and he handled them really, really well. And you can't not love the star power that they have. If Stone is healthy, and Eichel is healthy, and Petrangelo is healthy, we can go down the list. I mean, they've got players. March yeah. or so, you know, they they they've got players who are going to be impact players. Do they put the goaltending aside for a second? Do they have enough depth? to withstand a couple of injuries, right? I mean, that that's the that's the question. And we went back and forth on this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and this was before the Robin Lehner injury. And I said I think they're a playoff team. And I was putting a lot of that on Robin Lehner, being the goaltender that I think he can be and, and being healthy, yeah. right? And, you know, we, yeah, I, I, uh, yes, you're going to allow for some injuries here and there, but I was just basically saying, like, they're not going to go through what they went through last year. What they went through last year was insane. Right, yeah. like that was, that's an that's an aberration. It's not the norm, right? But now Robin Lehner's out, and there's so we can put aside that goaltending question, and I can ask about the depth. But then you got to bring that goaltending question into the into the fold, and it's a big question. It's a huge whopper of a question, and until we know, it's to me, it's really hard to say that they're going to be a playoff team until we can see if Logan Thompson can do this job. Can can he? Can we get through? Thanksgiving and they're right there, you know, and and he's playing well, you know, like can can they do that, uh, or wh- whatever it may be, or is it somebody else, you know? It, it, until we know that, I, I find it hard to say that they're a playoff team, because Edmonton is, Calgary is, I think L.A. is, I think L.A. got better, better, and look, I mean, Vancouver has better goaltending, and what. Bruce did in the yeah, back half, yeah, yeah. right? And they have better goaltending right yeah. now that we know of yeah. that, than than Vegas. And then you flip it over to the uh, to the other division; it's loaded. You know, I mean, there's a lot of re- there's really good teams there. So that's where my I'm like I I don't see right now with the question of goal and depth that you can say with certainty that they are. But I, I mean, with the star power that they have, I can I can understand an argument for it. Well, what do, what do you think? You know Logan better than both of us. He's, Is he he's a 60, sixty. He's played twenty games, right? Right, and and they've been an amazingly impressive yeah, twenty games, yeah. 
and gave the team a chance to make the playoffs. And his shootout record, like they couldn't score in the shootout, else so they probably would have made the playoffs. Probably. Uh, uh, but we've seen goaltenders have trouble taking that next step once there's a little bit more book on them. Uh, I won't question his confidence and his work ethic. The kid has swagger, and and he wants this challenge, and he embraces this challenge uh, incredibly. But you still you have to do it. And if he doesn't do it, how sh- short is the rope mm-hmm. to the next guy? To the next guy, Hill, to Brissois, to yeah. wherever. Right. Uh, but that's that's if that's anywhere in the area code, then they should be good. I think they should be good. Yeah, and the, their and blue line is as good as anybody. It is. Yeah, it is. Th- th- and that's the Avalanche it. did it. Yeah, the average goal type. Right. But you need to be able to outscore the other team, right? right? So you're going to need to be healthy. You're going to need average goaltending, and then when you get to the playoffs, you're going to need a little more. Right. I'm going to uh, take Sean's note on that. <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights are the Avalanche of 2022-23. Oh, he, he just took. <laughs> he just said that. Yeah. I, Sort of. He could in, have been in, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob. Bob happens, uh, went all the time. Next, so a couple of weeks before the season. So in the next few weeks leading up through training camp towards the season, uh, October 11th is the start of the season. Uh, the at the rink podcast will drop. Well, yeah. Oh, yo. The the Yossi will have to go the beatbox. before. They go to before they start the season in Europe because they Why? start the seventh and hurdle too. So I'm scheduling now for Bob and saying it has to run then, right? I mean, we got to do that as he well knows because we talk to Yossi a lot about going back to Burn and the expectations that he has there and what he wants to do. So it'd be kind of weird to run that episode after. All right, so it's the fifteenth. <laughs> it's the fifteenth, and that's in the seventh, and we want to do that. So uh, we're in between. We're sometime next, next week, and next couple of weeks. Yeah. So we're gonna it's good. Hopefully, drop an episode next Tuesday. Tuesday, or Wednesday, yeah. we'll have uh, Bill Daly on that yep. one. We're Connor McDavid tomorrow. Connor McDavid and Wierenski will all be in that first. Oh, that's episode. awesome! Yep. Can you beatbox, Sean? I, I cannot. I'm a heavy metal guy, but you do not want to hear me scream because no? it'll be all over. Dan, <laughs> you want to give it a shot? No, I don't. No? What about you? <laughs> do you even know what beatboxing yeah, Darren, you is? Know it. They, Come on. I, I don't know what beatboxing is. I have an idea. It's like making... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought that might be it, but I wasn't quite sure. So I was hoping somebody would show yeah, it off for me. I just so showed I could it. Get my hands. And he was good at that? Yossi was awesome? He, he did it, yeah. He could do it. He could do it. Like, he could do it better than me. There's no question about it. Well, you got a headset on. You're yeah. like... <laughs> No, he, he legitimately held the mic the right way and did it. He knew what he was doing. NHL.com, uh, Dan Rosen, Sean Rourke, and they do the At The Rink podcast uh, with NHL, NHL Productions, uh, produced by Bob Ender. Uh, guys, thanks for stopping by for this show. It's been fun hanging out with you uh, through the whole day. I know I got the easy end of it. <laughs> we'll do it again tomorrow. And we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait to see your interviews again tomorrow. Yeah. Like I said, the one with Vasilevsky I thought was brilliant. Like, oh. On both ends, you made him better than he normally would be. I, I, I do. I really enjoy yeah. watching you. I used it all up today, Sean. I may not even show up again <laughs> tomorrow. Tank? Yeah. I just, Bob's not here, is he? Today was uh, your perfect five-goal yeah, day. Yeah, five. Uh, 
I, why would you want to mess with perfection, Sean? We'll just do them all tomorrow. We'll do them all can, tomorrow. Can I, can I text you later? Like yeah. I told the guys, like Austin Matthews? <laughs> yeah, text me. We'll talk but about But you it. actually can. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Austin Matthews, <laughs> I, he wanted nothing to do with, no, with texting me. It was bad. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. There's Dan Rosen, Sean Rourke uh, with NHL at the Rink Podcast. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, abbreviated one-timers on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Ooh, Nathan McKinnon is in Vegas. And he's also rumored to have a contract extension in the works. According to a report that they're pretty close between the Avalanche and and McKinnon. We don't know the dollar value just yet. I anticipate it will be for eight years. Could it be eight years, $80 million? That would make Nathan McKinnon underpaid for another contract. Wow. What do you think he gets? So it's going to be $10 million for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I if, I, like, if I'm Nathan McKinnon, listen... The last contract was an absolute steal for the Colorado Avalanche. There was a lot of money left on the table. And, like, I understand that it was unsure at the time that he signed it, but it turned out to be an absolute bargain bin deal for for the Avalanche. If I'm Nathan McKinnon here, I'm looking at at least $11 million AAV. Eight years, $11 million, $88 million over the course of the contract. I think that's a fair market value contract for Nathan McKinnon. Eleven million would equal Drew Doughty and John Tavares. Yeah, I'll take Nathan McKinnon all day long. Though are five, those guys are five and six in the highest average AAV. Mm-hmm. Number four at eleven and a half is Eric Carlson. Number three at eleven point six is Austin Matthews. He's up in two years, by the way. Yeah. What's it going to cost Toronto to keep him and stop him from going to, like, Arizona? I'm just going to throw that out, no, or anywhere gonna, else. It's, it's going to cost Arizona, like, $14 million a year. The, the number two AAV is 11.64 for Artemi Panarin, who is actually criticized by his general manager uh, in the playoffs. Uh, and then Connor McDavid at 12.5. No chance yeah, I mean, McKinnon like, gets to McDavid numbers. I don't I, I wouldn't say no chance. Again, like you, you we're, think we're he gets twelve point five? We're we're talking about a player that over the last two years is what? At least six million dollars under what his market value is? Uh, I think that there's an option there on the table. Do I expect it to happen? No, because I think Nathan McKinnon wants to win more than he wants to be the highest paid player in the game. So if you're talking about what I expect, somewhere in the 11 to $12 million, probably not as much as Connor, though it would be funny if he was making more than Connor. I'm going to ho- carry this over to the next hour because there's a secondary conversation to have here. McDavid at 12.5 is number one. At mm-hmm. number 10, 9 and 10, is Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. I'm going to give you the top 10 AAVs and just a word of warning about that. All right? 
Uh, that'll come up in hour number two. And we'll also have uh, Lucas Cormier join us. Uh, the VGK rookies on their way to San Jose. Should be uh, about landing anytime now. And uh, we'll talk to Lucas about uh, this VGK rookie camp and the tournament. And then uh, what he expects uh, when it comes to main camp. It's the VGK Insider Show. Those are your one-timers for Thursday, September on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It takes place every year by the National Hockey League. They get all the stars together, team representatives, uh, do different media uh, interviews, and also shoot the openings for the for the national broadcasters and uh, all of those uh, types of uh, bells and whistles. This has always taken place most years in Chicago. Uh, this is the first time they're doing it at City National and Lifeguard Arena. So what a feather in the cap of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Valley. Uh, I talked to a number of different players for the Chirp podcast today. Mm-hmm. Just some wild. And, and I tend to get off the beaten path with conversation, as you know. No way. Yeah, and, no way. Uh, and talk about other things. Like uh, we talked to Max Domi about his, mm-hmm. his Mount Rushmore of cars. And oh. really neat uh, what what he had to offer. Andre Vasilevsky uh, walked through that like he's a natural southpaw. Mm-hmm. He he is yeah. what uh, he catches with his right hand. But he he walked me through the story about growing up in Russia and they didn't have southpaw equipment, so he played goal much and against his father's advice. His father didn't want him to play goal, mm-hmm. uh, play yeah. goal, and he taught himself how to catch left-handed. And I said, "Was that hard?" He's, and and his response was, "Well, obviously not." <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> You're right about. That. But can you imagine? He's the best in the world, yeah. Yeah. and and yeah. he, ta- he he naturally would wear his blocker on the left hand and catch with his right hand. That is freaky mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. It it really is um, because it it gives you kind of an idea of just how monumentally good an athlete he is. But then it. And this might be scary for some people. If he was playing with traditional equipment that that works for him and and kind of led into his natural tendencies of being a southpaw, could he be better? Right. Could Andre Vasilevsky right now in this moment be better if he was playing to his natural strengths? I don't know, but I don't want to think about that either because he's ridiculously good the way that he is. Be like Bo Jackson on the Temco Bowl. When when he was unstoppable, <laughs> like there was no yeah. there was no denying that when he got the ball, he ran back and forth and and down and he would score. Yeah, Bojack, that yeah. that that's would be exactly what it was. He also uh, told me about his man cave. Uh, if you mm. guys could have a man cave, what would you have in it? Uh, whew, that's uh, you, I'll tell you one thing. I would have in it. I, I don't know about like everything, but it would certainly be an air hockey table. I, I'm great mm. at air hockey. I love air hockey. I would have that in my man cave all day long. Chapman? Uh, I was a big fan of arcade games growing up. Yeah. In fact, I worked in arcades. So I would probably have like a Street Fighter II arcade stand-up Ooh, in my man go. cave Ooh, because that go. was that, that was like the hot game when I was a teenager working in the arcades. So I'm a Galaga guy. I liked uh, Galaga too. So uh, Vasilevsky, who's done everything and mm-hmm. won multiple Stanley Cups, uh you know one of the, one of the things that he pointed out, made sure he pointed out, along with the trophies and and the pads that he wore and uh, mass, um, a, a trophy from a fishing tournament that he won. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> He'll explain the whole thing. But I was like, a fishing trophy tournament? Yeah, yeah. 
Like, what, what the Fishing's heck? And not easy, Darren. No, he loves fishing. He, he's caught a couple of sharks. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I said, I, I, I'm scared of sharks. <laughs> this Again, he's funny. On the ice and off the ice. Yeah, I said, I'm scared of sharks. And he goes, don't move to Florida then. <laughs> uh, dry humor. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we've got the top five on Thursday. Really excited to get into uh, today the top five goal scorers for this year. And then Lucas Cormier is stopping by uh, the VGK rookie, uh, joining the Vegas Golden Knights on their rookie tournament quest in San Jose. He will phone into the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.